Hello, everybody. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Thank you for following Fur Gathers. Or, I, I get it's a play on Forefathers, so maybe it's, it's Four Gathers. But, um, yeah. I know, right, Striker Man? You see this girl? Do you see her? Do you see the Jokerness right now? I I don't even know what to say. I, I'm just having I fun. think it's a bot. <laughs> oh, for gathers? Damn it. <laughs> Sephiroth, I was so happy that we got another follower, but uh, you might be right. Oh, man. Uh, how's it going, guys? Welcome. Good to see you guys here. By the way, Seth, I wanted to ask if you heard of a movie called The Chaser. Um, there is a... Why Why would bots follow? Like, what, what is the point? Like, I get trying to get us to, like, click a link to try to buy followers and steal our money, but why Why followers? Um, but yeah, there's, um, there, we're going to be talking about a movie called The Chaser, and I want to say, like, another one or two weeks. And it's a Korean movie. I think it came out in 2009. Uh, I was wondering if you had heard of it. <laughs> Everybody is impressed with your cosplay, Cheryl. <laughs> I gotta work on the laugh, though. Sephiroth is trolling the chat. By the by, but remind remember, Train to Busan was a comedy. You need to get the fuck out of here. I know Cheryl's on point with the outfit. She put she put this all together with shit she just has around her house and like the makeup that she just has a makeup kit and she did all of it herself. <laughs> I just try to be resourceful. We just started the stream. <laughs> wow, the hostility. <laughs> That's because you coming in here saying that caca, as my cousin would say. Uh, Thanks, guys. Yeah, she does look great, doesn't she? I appreciate the compliments. I I don't come by those, you know, very often. You know, real ones. I give you compliments all the time. <laughs> and they're great. Prove me otherwise. Have you seen... Okay, I'm not. I can't start with you. It, oh my god, I cannot start with you. You haven't seen Train to Busan, have you, uh, Cheryl? I haven't. Okay. Yeah, Seth is saying it's a comedy. I think that you would have a, you would have a hard time watching this movie because it's a zombie movie. Um, so it might be a little hard for you to watch. I guess so. I guess you aren't going to wear glasses. Hard time. No, I, yeah. I'm not going to wear glasses. Actually, I've been having a hard. I think that's why, like, Chris is kind of telling me what everyone's saying because I literally can't read it. But I have my my phone up here, so I could I could read the comments. That's why you see me looking down all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. She cannot watch it. Easy clap. You know that movie. Like she. This is. What was the movie that you were you were scared to watch that I was like it's not a big deal, but you were, but you were thinking that there was a movie you were watching you wanted to watch. It wasn't even a horror movie. Shutter Island. A, huh? Shutter Island. Shutter Island. She didn't even want to watch Shutter Island because she thought Shutter Island looked scary. It was scary. 
<laughs> you know what else was scary? Hot fuzz. Hot fuzz is not scary. At least if you said Shaun of the Dead, maybe I'll grant you that. Hot fuzz is not scary. <laughs> there were people in robes killing people. Okay, Seth, <laughs> what are you talking? Okay, Hot Fuzz is an actual comedy. <laughs> yes, it was funny, but it was also scary. It can be both, like a dramedy. Yeah, that's true. You have horror comedies. That is like that's Zombiever. True. Zombievers. I was like, I mean, I thought you were going to say like Cabin in the Woods or something. That's that's a horror comedy. That one too, yeah. Soda should be drunk cold. That's a that's a true statement. You can't be having that room temperature business. Mm, I don't drink soda, but um, I understand. Hot fizz. That's hot fizz. I'm really gonna have a hard time today, and I can't. Everything's so blurry. I am squinting all the time. It's part of the Joker gimmick. <laughs> right. The things you give for the cause. What a filthy casual. No soda. No soda. Uncultured. I think the word you're looking for is healthy, Sephiroth. But it's okay. I get those two mixed up all the time. Uncultured, healthy. They sound very similar. I get where you're coming from. I thought about that, Straker Man. I thought that maybe I could have been Harley Quinn, but I literally don't have the things around the house to, to legitimately do it. Like, Cheryl has this, this makeup stuff and everything, and, like, these are costumes, like, or these costumes she's puts together. I have no idea how I would put together a Harley Quinn outfit. I don't have a shirt that says Bad Little Monster or Dead Little Monster. You just anything. need a like, red shirt. I, have, I need more then, shirts. Like, this is what you need to do. It's almost Halloween, so now's the time. Just go to this Halloween store, get some face paint, and you're set. You can pretty much use that to do anything. Yeah, okay. I, mean, I guess I could do that. And then for you Harley Quinn, don't... like all you would have to do is just wear a red shirt. True. Yeah, red and black. Red and black. I can, You know what? I can come up with some good Harley Quinn cosplay. Yeah, Seth, you know exactly what I'm about to yell at you about. He said you'd have to cut, you'd have to cut the hair... That, um, QQQ. He knows I'm not cutting my hair. You come anywhere near me with clippers and I will murder. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can do pigtails with that hair. I. Technically, yes, I guess I could. <laughs> I have to, like, sit down and actually just kind of undo my hair a little bit. Seth is ready tonight. What about the tip? QQQ. <laughs> I'm going to cut your hair, Seth. How about that? I'm going to come and find your ass, and I'm going to cut your hair off, your head. Let's see how you like it. Okay. Touch my shit. I dare you. <laughs> Who are you, Harley Quinn? Harley Quinn dares people. Seth out here sounding like an anime villain. Yeah, he is. That's because he is an anime villain. He confuses mangas and animes. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> it's getting a little hostile here. <laughs> this is good. This is how we start. This is this is how we start a, a stream before we talk about Joker and and uh, Harley Quinn and the emancipat and the fantabulous emancipation. 
You know, I almost did call you up and tell you that you should dress up as Harley Quinn. I mean, I really did think about it, but I was just like, I literally don't have anything. I mean, you literally just go to Walgreens and get a face paint. I had yeah, to buy so I had to buy all of this at some point. <laughs> right, but you're also gonna use it. The f no, like the the face paint I got for Halloween last year, and I'm just using it again this year. <laughs> yeah, I guess I gotta find some some face paint then. Mm -hmm. Although. I have to find the right face paint that can go good on brown skin, because uh, it won't look the same. Get the kind that is a paint paint and not like a crayon. See, these are things that I need help with. I wouldn't know this by myself. Shaker Man says, Cheryl, I need help for Halloween. <laughs> I, I know, you. right? You she was Harley Quinn last week. She's good. You guys should see the... Um... So for I I did zombie makeup for Sorio one year, and she like scared a lot of people because <laughs> she was just like walking around the streets like that. Her face was like all messed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was fun. Um, yeah, Shrega, I was Harley last week, and. Um, are we Facebook friends? Because it's my profile picture. You can check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. She got the makeup down even to, like, the, the smudged lipstick. So it was very impressive. <laughs> yeah, you did see that. <laughs> sure, commit. Did you just assume that was just her regular makeup? <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I usually look. <laughs> uh I also don't release the book. I I like sent my roommate a friend request like a year ago and she like accepted the request like a month ago and I was like, Hey we're friends now. <laughs> I realize yeah. some people just don't look at it, so. I don't. I don't look at it, and I also just don't get on Facebook, so it's literally the worst way to contact me. You'd be better off email or text. But we're Discord now. Discord is great. Like, I've, I've started using Discord so much after, like, like, during this pandemic. I love Discord. Discord. You okay? Me? Yeah. Oh no, I was I just kept bumping into the mic, so I moved it a little bit. Oh okay, I was like, I was, like you look confused for a second there. <laughs> I it's just I can't see anything. It's it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, for our listeners out there, this is a little late for me to describe what's happening. But <laughs> Cheryl is dressed up as Joaquin Phoenix's the Joker with makeup and all, so. Yeah, it looks pretty. Da it looks pretty damn good. If you guys want to see it, uh, check out our Twitch stream next time on Twitch twitch.tv slash C three films. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's pretty awesome. Um, but either way, you guys know why we're here. We are here to talk about Joker and Birds of Prey and the emancipation and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Would you say that Joker was like I? <laughs> 
Are we gonna have to put Seth on a timeout? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I love that. <laughs> Perfect electric. <laughs> Not like this. Yeah, I'm gonna start playing Tekken again next week. I don't know, I've decided I'm gonna play on PC. And I'm gonna try to see if I can do the climb to catch up with our with our friend Loke, because uh, that man is on a tear right now. It's crazy. Um, we have a friend that plays Tekken that started after all of us and now is ranked higher than all of us. So he moved fast. Dude is quick. Nah, man. Kazia just won Evo. If anything, that just means that you gotta like go back to Kazia and keep it to basics, man. Teach you, teach you. It's all about them fundamentals. You got them fundamentals. It's good. See, you can't spell fundamental without the mental. It's all about it. It's all in here. So you just gotta fix that shit. By the way, um, what show are we gonna do first? <laughs> uh, what show should we do? Should we talk? Let's see, Joker or Harley Quinn? I have a lot to say about Harley Quinn, so maybe I, I, mm. I mean, yeah, both these movies are like old movies, quote unquote, by now. We can do Joker first. I, I, I'm okay doing Joker first and then talking about Harley Quinn personally. Okay, I feel the same. Okay. Awesome. I feel like I'll, I'll have also have more fun to talk about Harley Quinn because I have so much to say. Joker, I could actually finish talking about in like three minutes me too <laughs> <laughs> there's not too much to say about i mean it was a good movie but yeah there there's not like a hundred reasons why no exactly it's very simple i didn't see bird so i'm hoping you guys just summarize do the comedy first then harlequin wow zane why not like this <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> Seth, why are you still here? <laughs> Don't you... Aren't you tired? Don't you want to go and lay down? I feel like you might have had a hard day today, and you might just need to, like, get some sleep. Don't... I appreciate you coming through and supporting the stream, but please, don't put yourself out there for me. Like, feel free to get rest. You don't have to. You don't have to watch the stream. It, I understand that you're busy and that you're tired, so feel free. You think Seth's taking it out on us or you? He's taking it out on you, definitely. <laughs> it's nothing to do with me. <laughs> Seth would never do this to me. No, just, he actually just said this is why Cheryl needs a new co-host. <laughs> I'm collateral damage. <laughs> yeah, you're in the you're in the splash zone. <laughs> That's <laughs> why so I came to talk movies and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, man, just pure hate. Uh, Beth, I believe the term you're looking for is negative enthusiasm. Thank you very much. Let's let's get that straight. But yes, I think we're gonna talk about Joker first, and then we will go into the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I can't even. I can't remember get over that. how good your makeup is. Oh my gosh! Do you do you read um, 
Yes, I read. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Uh, do you read? <laughs> do you read the uh, what do you call it? Uh, the title of that movie every time because I can't remember it. <laughs> I, I, I read it because it's ridiculous. Have you ever written down somewhere? <laughs> no, I just remembered it. <laughs> because I've been I've been saying the the I've been saying a different title that was longer. And so now I, I'm like I actually memorized what it actually is called. <laughs> yeah, the title's too much. The title is reminds me of like certain mangas. Because like you have that that happens in manga all the time where they have like is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? Or that time I got reincarnated as a slime? Um, they just have like these ridiculously long titles for no reason. Yeah. Oh, Zane, you haven't seen Joker? What? I thought you guys I would watch it together. That. Yeah, or Bleach. Or Naruto. So long for no reason. That's too, that's too bad because uh, the last day to watch Joker on HBO actually was yesterday. Yes, I have a funny story about that. But all right, Seth, thanks for the lurk. Go ahead and enjoy some Unite. Please don't rank down. I mean, if, if rank's going to be too much, just wait for me to play ranked because, uh, yeah, you know how it can be playing solo queue in that game. Yes, Dragon Man, you would play Unite too if you, uh, you know, you'd play Unite over Tekken as well if you you know, believed in having fun and being good to yourself, if you also believed in pay to win. But um, funny story about the Joker. So you messaged me yesterday. Because it's a comedy. <laughs> uh, so good. <laughs> you messaged me yesterday. And so what ended up happening was you told me that Joker was leaving yesterday and I had a long day so I was like all right well I just got to make sure I got to watch it before midnight so I started watching it at 10 30. I finished the movie because I was pausing and taking notes so I finished the movie maybe around like 12 30 or one o'clock and when I move when the when I turned the movie off I tried to search for it and it was gone <laughs> so I like just made it wow I just made it you really procrastinated there I really did. I, I couldn't help myself. Good thing I told you to watch it um, yesterday and not today. Otherwise. Oh, yeah. We would have been not doing the Joker. Yeah, we would and be doing some other movie. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, Seth. Enjoy. Seriously, though. Careful and ranked. Appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks. See you later. All right. So let me look at my notes real quick for Joker. I don't have many. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't have a lot either. I had a. I mean, they're not even they're not even comments. They're just like things that. And just like you're like this. You're like this happened. It's like a summary of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, okay. what does it say? Imagine the... I, yeah, I have... I'm gonna need to look at these while, while we're talking, because I can't remember it and I don't have glasses. 
Right. Well, I mean, I have glasses. They're just not on my face. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? Uh, give me one second. I think I got to use the restroom real quick. Um, I got notes. Zazzy beats. That's my notes. I mean, Steph, I mean, strike a man. Take my word for it. When, and listen to me when I tell you. Watch Holly, excuse me, watch Birds of Prey and the emancipation of one, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn because of Black Canary. That's all I'm going to say. You can even look up pictures if you want of Black Canary from Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I'll leave it at that. And then you should actually watch the movie because of Black Canary. And with that, I'm going to go use the restroom real quick. I will BRB. No, I don't understand why you don't use the bathroom before we start the show. I don't understand either, but it kind of just hit me out of nowhere. You also used the restroom right before we started the show, so you did what you just told me to do. I'll yeah. be back. <laughs> oh, man. I hate it when he does this. This is like the worst thing you can ever do to me. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and my guest today is, what's your name? Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, when I, when I introduce you, can I introduce you as the Joker? <laughs> I was trying to remember what his name was, like the actual character. but okay. Arthur Fleck. There we go. That's the one. That's who I am. <laughs> So, and we're going to talk about, if you can't guess, we're talking about the film Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. So if you haven't seen the movie, it just left HBO Max. So good luck. Um, hopefully you can find it somewhere else. But if you have seen this movie, we are going to get into spoiler territory. So that's the best place to be. And yeah, if you haven't, then hopefully you can find it and then check us out. Or if you don't care about spoilers, come and watch us. But we are getting into spoiler territory. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. When I first saw this movie, I saw this movie in theaters uh, when it came out in, like, what, 2019? And back when going to theaters was a thing. And I remember thinking to myself, this is a really good movie. I never have to watch it again. Like, what, what are your thoughts? How did you feel when you saw this movie? I, when I watched it, um, I thought it was good. I was like, this is an excellent movie. Um, I didn't necessarily have a good time because it was so dark. Um, but then I, like, I forgot about it and, and all I remembered was that it was a good movie. So when we decided to do this, um, for the show and we started rewatching it or I started rewatching it, I was like, mm. I'm not having a good time because I've already seen this and it's not the kind of movie that you want to watch twice because there's no reason, it's, it's kind of like... How, how do I how do I explain? <laughs> like why put yourself through it twice? Like it's it's great. It's a great movie. It's beautiful. It it tells you so much. Um, it's a piece of art, but it is hard to watch. Um, and watching it a second time, especially when you know what's gonna happen already, you're just you're just waiting for more uh, more darkness. 
more, and you know the darkness is going to come, and it takes so much darkness to get to the darkness that it's just, it's just hard to, hard to watch it a second time. Yeah, I agree. Like, I just felt uncomfortable the entire time while I was watching it. Literally, it's, um, you see, the scene, one of the scenes that unnerved me was when he's standing there getting, like, chewed out by his boss after his boss was basically telling him that you need to return the guy's sign or I'm going to take it out of your pay. And he's just sitting there smiling. And it just is such an unnerving moment because the camera just, like, slowly pushes in on him. And he's just sitting there just smiling the entire time as he listens. Um, and the music, like, music really works well in this movie because any moment that you could be thinking that, oh, this is, like, could be a fun or playful moment, the the music just slowly starts to just creep in. And it... The, whatever the, the sounds that they choose to use are sounds and like strings and chords that are very low and like almost like a horror movie and nothing is really happening but you're seeing him do these actions by himself a lot of the times but you're hearing the sound that's in the song and or the music that's accompanying it and it just builds this eerie uncomfortable feeling in you as a viewer and going through the movie for the second time I every I every time a scene like that popped up, I always found myself just being like, "This I don't feel good right now." Yeah, uh, I even had to take a break because it was just a lot for me. Um, and it, it's not really just like the the music or like what's happening. It's it's really like the details when you know now that you ha- have already seen it, you have time to really pay attention to the little details. And I think that's, like, part of um, what really, like, brings you down. Because you know that it's going to stack up and stack up and stack up and ultimately drive this character to become the Joker. And it's kind of sad because it it really does, like, it's not made up stuff. This stuff happens to people in real life, and I think that's partially why it's so hard to watch because it's like every day and and when you think about crime and you know people who have mental health issues and that you know all the all the the violent things that um you know are a result of all of this happening is like preventable like if we had a better system if we had better health care if we had people who are more educated in mental health disorders and if we had people who are more accepting of people um we probably wouldn't have characters like this exist in real life and and we do um maybe not like to this extent um but then also yeah there are some people who are you know um lost to this extent where they commit crimes and murder and stuff like that and this movie really highlights all like everything that could possibly go wrong for an individual happens to him and it happens to a lot of people in real life yeah this movie is basically a mental health movie under the skin of a joker movie and like you really could have made this movie and not called it joker and it could have played out the exact same way but they decided that they would they would cover in this 
this this um, veil of Gotham and Thomas Wayne and Joker, and they and then they'd make this movie that is just on its own. There's nothing necessarily to comic book. There's nothing that feels comic booky about this movie, other than the fact that we just know who the character is that the title is named for. But the actions that happen do play out almost kind of like a taxi driver type movie or something like that, where you just have a character that's slowly just losing themselves over time. And the good thing that plays well in this movie, but also plays well to the character of the Joker, is the unreliable narrator. Now, one of the movies that we're going to talk about again, or talk about after this, is going to be Birds of Prey. And that movie also has a quote-unquote unreliable narrator, but not in the same sense that this movie does. That movie, they actually narrate to you. This movie doesn't actively have voiceover narration, but you can tell the story is being told from a perspective, even though a voice isn't expressly heard. Yeah, um, definitely feel that. Uh, and you don't know about it until later on in the movie um, when he uh, goes to his neighbor's apartment because um, they make you think that he has a relationship with her. Like, they become friends, uh, maybe even lovers. And one day he shows up in her apartment and she is scared and she doesn't know why he's there. Um, and then we get images of the reality of how she was never with him in those scenes that we'd seen previously. And that's like, that's when you really start to know that a lot of the stuff that has been told to us may not have been true. And then it becomes kind of like, what did he imagine and what did he not imagine? And then we find out that his mom is also delusional. So, like, the whole movie almost is, like, a sham. <laughs> yeah, and it's really good because it, it, it plays in that sandbox of what is the truth, and by the end, you still don't know. There is no real way to tell. And ultimately, the truth doesn't matter. Well, the only thing that matters is what he believes the truth is. And even with the the girlfriend, like, they played it off really well because I remember when... He, when she approached, she came to his door and said, hey, you were following me today? And they had that kind of cute interaction. And I remember thinking to myself, nobody's going to react like that if they know that some dude had been following them all day long. And she just was like, oh, I thought that was you. And he has another moment where he like comes in from the rain and like goes in and just immediately like opens her door and immediately just goes in and kisses her like without having any prior conversation with her after that um, like or before that. The only interaction was that knock on the door. The next thing we see them together and he's kissing her is walking in her house. Um, so, and I remember thinking, man, that's really weird. That doesn't seem right. And then the movie was like, yeah, you're right. Because it didn't happen. <laughs> so, and there's a lot of that in this movie. You, told, you brought up his mom and her, his mom being delusional. And so you ask yourself, okay, well, maybe she's crazy. Maybe she made this whole thing up. But then when she says, well, no, Thomas Wayne doctored the, the papers. And you think to yourself, well, he is a wealthy individual, and he's not necessarily a nice man, so he actually could have done that. And now there's this question of who's actually telling the truth, and we never get that answer. Yeah. Um, 
What I want to know, my question for you is, if you think that he murdered the neighbor. That was going to be my question to you, too. And there, after the scene, the only hint... Well, so the thing that happens when he leaves her apartment and he goes to his his room, we hear an ambulance pass outside and see him laughing. And then that's it. So part of me is like, the ambulance is coming to check on, like somebody heard something and they called the ambulance and they're there to check on her. But we we don't know, but she, she disappears from the movie. How, and I really do feel like I have every reason to believe that she and her daughter are killed by him. What do you think? I also think that they were murdered um, only because of the sirens. But um, he was also under investigation. So it kind of makes you wonder if that can even be a thing where they get murdered and they never even look at him um, when he lives in that building. So there is that question. But I feel like there's a lot of a lot of that where they don't necessarily show every death um, or every murder because the last scene is him walking out of the therapist's office and the only thing we get are bloody footprints. So if they would do something like that, I'm pretty sure that the sound of sirens tells enough. So in my opinion, I think he did murder them. Agreed. I mean, there's a chance that he let him go because he let, like, the little person go in that one scene because the little person was nice to him. But this woman never really said anything to him other, outside of passing him on the elevator. So um, there is a, another... Th- so we talk, you mentioned how the movie you never find... You don't find out until that moment where she's in her house that the narration is unreliable. But there's actually other parts earlier that start to hint at it. So you have the scene where he's looking at Murray on the television, and then he imagines himself in the audience, and then he's on the stage and he's talking to Murray, and then he's hugging, and Murray's like, I wish I had a son like you, and then he come and he get, comes back to reality, and then he's sitting and watching. So that's one moment when they try to, they try to show you that he creates realities for himself. And then the other moment, which is a little more subtle, but is definitely intentional. He is given a revolver, right? A revolver has six shots without, like, and then you have to reload. When he's on the train, he shoots the first person in the head once. He shoots the next person in the body two times. Then he shoots the guy that's running away once in the leg. And then afterwards, so he only should have two bullets um, left in his gun. But then when he walks up on the guy, he shoots him four times in the back and so when you're when you're watching that you're like for a movie that's this tight for them not to remember that detail doesn't seem right so that's most likely an intentional that's most likely an intentional um aspect of the film that the creator threw in there to also show how he's seeing the world in his mind because he also might not even be a victim that's interesting because when when I saw that scene, I actually noticed the number of bullets as well. So I looked up how many bullets a revolver can have, and I saw that some revolvers can have seven or eight rounds. Oh. Yeah. 
Interesting. Okay. But yeah, there's no really, there's, there's really no way to know because we don't know what kind of revolver it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that's interesting because yeah, because most times when you see a revolver, I think most people think six shots. But yeah, I didn't realize there were certain revolvers out there that shoot eight, that can shoot eight. So, yeah. But, I mean, I would like to believe that it was his imagination. Um, because of the fact that like there's so many other moments in this movie where it's him kind of creating realities for himself and like him getting lost in these like moments of dance and things like that and it just fits with the joker himself because in i don't remember if this was in the dark knight or if this was just a general i think this was a general joker thing but in the dark knight joker constantly like was lying about his past Right, you never so you didn't know where he came from when Heath Ledger's Joker was talking and like, how did I get these scars? Right, um, and the thing about Joker is that you never know where he came from, and even though they had a Joker movie, we still don't fully know his backstory um, because of all of the lies and manipulations, which fits in with what Joker said. And I guess I guess this might have been the comic books where he said, if I had to have an origin story, I'd prefer it to be multiple choice. And that's how this movie feels. It feels like a multiple choice movie. Is he the son of Thomas Wayne? Is his mom delusional? Did Thomas Wayne doctor the reports? Is he actually adopted? What's the answer? We don't know. So we don't know where he came from. Yeah. And it didn't really feel like an origin story. It just felt like a journey that we were going on um, inside someone's head. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I guess, yes, it is definitely an origin story, a really good origin story. Um, but it just, it didn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I hear you there. It, it can definitely just feel like a journey more. And because at this, the end of this movie doesn't feel like he's then going to go and take on Batman. Right. It doesn't really feel like that. But it's interesting that they also play with the idea that he... Um, might have created Batman through his actions because he got Thomas from Martha Wayne. But the thing is, though, he also wouldn't know about that. He wasn't there to see it. So unless he heard about it some, like, secondhand or something, there's no way he could actually know that that happened that night. So that's another question of, is that him being a reliable or unreliable narrator? Um, Is he making up his own story? We don't know. Um... So Stray Command said there are close-up shots of the gun where you can clearly see that it's a five or six shot revolver. In fact, I am, I think you meant to say I am DB, but you said I am FDB. I identify specifically as a Smith & Wesson Model 36, which holds five shots. So that's interesting. All right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of questions. And I think that's the thing I like most about the movie is how much it makes us question reality without hearing the narrator say I'm telling you this story yeah because there's even like this one part where he gets that file from the hospital on his mom and there's newspaper clippings in there which I question because a medical file would not have newspaper clippings so I feel like maybe those were conjured as well like in his mind um, mm-hmm. to explain things. Um, but 
then you know, or it could just be a weird decision that the filmmakers made. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. There's constant like moments um, like that, and I think that that works well for this movie. The other thing that I, when I was watching this movie again, I had forgotten. Like I was going through the list of people I remembered him killing, and I was like, oh, he only kills like four people in this movie. And then as the movie kept going, I said, oh, wait a second, I forgot about this person, and I forgot about this person. And by the end, the total I think was eight people that he actively causes the deaths, the deaths of. If we assume that Zazie Beetz and her daughter are also killed, because he has the three people in the subway, those two, and then he has um, his mom, which I forgot that he murders his mom in this movie, and he also has Randall, the guy that he worked with that he betrayed, and then the final death of the movie, which is Murray. And that's not even including how his actions might have caused the deaths of Thomas and Martha Wayne. So he surprisingly has a high body count in this movie. And the therapist the at the end. Died. Oh, yeah, and the therapist at the end, too. Like, assuming that she died as well. So it's it's crazy. And probably the most gory deaths are probably... It's probably when he stabbed the guy to death and then bang, bash his head against the wall. That's probably the most graphic on-screen death, and then, of course, he shoots Murray in the head on television. But, yeah, it's a very disturbing... It's a very disturbing, the scenes where he actually ends up killing people. One of the questions I had for you is, do you think that he planned on killing Murray when he went on the show, or do you think that he was planning on killing himself and then after talking with Murray for a little bit, decided that he wanted to rather, he'd rather kill him. Yeah, I do think he wanted to kill himself, and then I think that conversation kind of gave him some clarity about the reason why he was there, and then his motives changed. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Because um... if you think about it, he saw Murray as kind of a father figure, but right. then he wasn't really getting that response from him. So it makes sense to me why he would just be like, well, you're not who I thought you were, so you can yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He, he, didn't even care about, he didn't even care about the consequences. And yeah, it, it definitely left me asking, because one of the, the messages, quote-unquote, behind the movie is or one of the things that happens is this whole idea of eating the rich um how the rich treat the poor and view the poor and treat um and treat them beneath them and how the poor can rise up um through anarchy or hate or anything else like that and the the joker being basically like i don't stand for anything i'm just doing whatever i want um it's very interesting how he, he basically inspires a movement without even trying. I did think it was interesting that they showed Thomas and, um, what was her name? Martha, <laughs> Barbara. Martha. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne getting murdered, murdered in the alley. Uh, I'm not sure if I liked it there. I think the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, hey, hey, like, you know, playing on the, on the, like, what everyone already knows um, yeah. kind of thing. Um, but then when I look at the movie as a whole, I feel like 
if you didn't know about that, then it would be like, why are we seeing these people be murdered by other people? Um, because the, and, and the reason why I feel like it's a little off or like a little, um, out of place is because this movie, like, you, like we said before, it didn't feel like a comic book movie. It just feels like a movie about a guy who becomes crazy, not necessarily yeah. even becoming Joker as the villain. Because even at the end of the movie, he's still not a Joker villain um, for yeah. Batman. He's just a guy who calls himself Joker, and he's just a, a murderer. He's a ser- serial killer. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't really become a Batman villain until later. So seeing the whole thing with the Waynes getting murdered just felt a little out of place. Um, because then that that is very much a comic book thing. Yeah, I so I remember so the first time I watched it, I kind of had a similar feeling where I thought to myself, "Oh, that's cool." Um, they tied it into Bruce's backstory as well, and you could say, "Oh, be a Batman." I mean, Joker created Batman, and then Batman creates the Joker later when he drops him in the vat of acid, whatever. But watching it this time, I remember, I felt to myself that it wasn't needed the scene, and it actually almost played out to me like the studio saying, "Put a Batman reference in this movie." because we got to make sure that people know that it's a Batman villain. Otherwise, then it just is some clown that's dressing up and murdering people. So we got to make sure that it actually is the Joker. And the only way we can know it's the Joker and not some random person is by having Batman. So it felt to me like a studio-mandated scene of make sure you include this, more so than a natural progression and element within the movie, because even the act itself which you could argue is the point, but it feels it feels random. It feels very random in the context of everything else that's happened. Because if that's the case where this guy saw Thomas and Martha Wayne randomly and decided to kill Thomas Wayne, the likelihood is that a couple of other rich people died that night too. Yeah, and then it becomes Batman's origin story instead of but i think it was i i think without that scene the the wayne mentions were tasteful with i agree thomas wayne being there and then the whole scene with um arthur interacting with bruce and then um alfred i think all of that was really tasteful and it wasn't until like you know like that was enough for us, like, if you're a Batman fan, you're going to get it. You don't need the alley scene, and we don't need to see his parents get murdered. That's just Again. a little on the nose. That's like, if you didn't know, this is a Batman-related movie. <laughs> exactly, right? So, all in all, my take of the movie is that it is a good movie, but it's not one that I necessarily wanted to watch a second time. And if, it, if, if we weren't wanting to talk about it for this show, I would not have watched it a second time. And the fact that it's off of HBO Max now, I don't feel like I lost anything. There's a good chance I'll never watch this movie again. And that's fine. But it's not a movie I can sit down and say, this is a fun movie that I feel good watching, so I want to turn it on. I had the experience and I'm ready to move on. The only time I think I would ever watch it again is so I could dress up like this at a party where we're watching this movie, but that would be <laughs> a really weird party to go to. 
Yeah, that doesn't seem. I don't. I don't know if you want to be at that party. <laughs> you might want to leave. <laughs> but yeah, anything else uh, you wanted to say before we wrap up? Um, there's just some like cool little things, like when he crossed out that sign and made it say "Don't smile." That mm-hmm. was that was a that was a cool thing. And I also thought it was funny that he said um, when when he was at the hospital getting his mom's file he said um how do people wind up in here (laughs) 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 like that just felt here yeah it was just so like like it gave me like goosebumps because i was like oh man this is so like that guy doesn't even know he's talking to a crazy person (laughs) <laughs> and that is just that's such a crazy person thing to say at that place in particular I thought yeah. that was great one of the oh. highlights of the movie <laughs> yeah that interaction is awesome and like yeah I mean it's also one of those uncomfortable scenes right where you're just like I hope this guy is gonna be okay <laughs> yeah I mean the details in general in this movie are so like spot on it's it's a it it's just such a well-crafted movie it's just not a well-crafted movie that you want to watch more than once (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i mean there are dark movies out there but this is just one of those ones like you said once once is enough and in in our case twice twice is probably more than enough it's more for a lifetime we're we're good i don't would you recommend this movie to people um who haven't who would you, one would you make would you recommend this movie to people who don't know anything about Batman or the Joker, and two would you recommend it if people do are Batman and DC fans? I would. Um, I would maybe not recommend it to people who are not familiar with Batman because then it's just a really sad dark movie. Mm-hmm. Unless that's like the the kind of movies that that particular person enjoys. Um, yeah. then I would recommend it, but, like, I would never just go up to random, like, not random people, but, like, to people that I know and be like, oh, you should watch this movie. Um, but if we're talking about comics and stuff, and, like, I know, um, like, Zane hasn't seen Joker before, mm-hmm. I would tell Zane to watch it, but that's because I know she's, you know, into comics and stuff, and I'm actually surprised that she hasn't seen it. Um, but if... If people have already seen it, then I'm sure we can all agree that we've seen enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't need to see skinny, skinny as heck, um, Joaquin Phoenix with bones and stretching. And, that rib cage uh, uh. and his spine, you could see. I was like, is that for real or did they CG that? <laughs> nope, that's, I'm pretty sure that's all him. He Christian bailed it. Like, but yeah, anything else? No, that's all for me. All right, and that's all for me, too. That's all for this movie. So, have you guys seen The Joker? If you have, what did you think about it? Is it something you'd watch again? Or are you like us, where once was enough? Do you think that it was a good Joker movie? Do you think it was a poor Joker movie? But do you, but a good movie, all in all? Whatever you thought, comment below, let us know. And while you're down there, if you give us a like, share, and subscribe, even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and my co- my co-host has been... The Joker! 
<laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> I was like, wait, do I say Arthur or no, it was Joker. <laughs> <You're> Joker. <laughs> so yeah. That um yeah, don't need to watch that movie again. That's the moral of that story. Not much more to say. <laughs> Oh, man. There was some uh, typing in the chat that I couldn't read. Oh, yeah. They were just saying that um, Harlequin loves your cosplay, and Straight Man was agreeing, me with, with, agreeing with me that you might not want to be at that party. Oh. <laughs> what pun? <laughs> I, I don't remember a pun. Oh, that pun was a mistake. Yeah, probably, because I don't know what... Oh, he's talking about something he said because he said on the fly after I talked about um, peeing or something. Oh, <laughs> gotcha! So. All right, too far back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't see him say that I was watching too much Archer. <laughs> to which I answered to you, sir. Yes, of course. <laughs> Oh man. I count shots. <laughs> exactly. I'm good at it. This is it's a talent. <laughs> I mean, oh, if we man. were all dressing up as a suicide squad and then watching a series of villain movies, then that would be my kind of party. Yeah, I can see having a suicide squad party, which by the way, that reminded me. The other movie, the other show I was going to tell you to watch, I'll put it in here. But the Harley Quinn TV show. I could do the 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 Lido version of Joker instead. That seems like a lot more work, and you'd have to write damage on your forehead backwards. I mean, I don't think it's that hard. <laughs> I mean, you have you have better skills than I do, so. Um. Excuse me. But yeah. You gotta check out. You gotta check out the Harley Quinn television show because uh, I think that. Yeah, so I just put that on our Discord so that you can check that out. You would have to get a gang. You have to get a gang of people that are expendable, that are willing to go with you on this suicide mission, and you have to call yourself Task Force X. But really, it's some kind of suicide squad. Cookie gang, cookie gang, cookie gang. <laughs> In the Suicide Squad, who would you be, Cheryl? Harley Quinn? Harley Quinn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Been there, done I, that. <laughs> I think I want to be Killer Shark. I mean, King Shark. King Shark. <laughs> Han. Book read. <laughs> Book Fake read. mustache. <laughs> mustache. <laughs> Fuck. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I met the gang for a Lido cosplay. Yeah. What if we all were a different Joker? Yeah, that could happen. That would you be have fun. a lot you could choose from. Because you could be you could be the Mark Hamill uh, Batman animated series Joker. You can be um Jack Nicholson, Keith Ledger. Jared Leto or uh, Joaquin Phoenix. 
as well. And that's not even including the Adam West Batman era Joker too. So there's a fair amount that you could be. Oh, how awful would it be if there were just a bunch of different Jokers and like one Harley Quinn? <laughs> there's been a lot of Harley Quinn though, but only one live action depiction of her though. Margot Robbie is the Margot Robbie is the first live action depiction of Harley Quinn. So I wonder who this. The question is going to be who comes after her. Um, Stragerman said he would be Deadshot. I could be the Batman Joker with the dreads. Oh right, I remember that uh, that animated Batman, um, the Batman that animated series. That one looks pretty cool, but I never watched it. I just remember the opening being dope, and then it ends with the Batman. <laughs> I know I'm not very original. I'm getting tired of this. Did I ever tell you that I once thought for a moment that I invented the meatball? What? (laughs) I was cooking mac and cheese and then like we wanted to put ground beef in it and I was like but I hate how like it's just gonna like get everywhere and there's just gonna be like little grainy pieces of meat in the mac and cheese. So I was like, oh, but and then I had this like amazing idea that we can roll them into balls. <laughs> and I was like, what an amazing and clever idea. And then my boyfriend at the time was like, it's a meatball. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh. okay well you know in the olden days i could have done it first (laughs) cheryl was about to cheryl was about to open a restaurant (laughs) (laughs) i got this concept that no one's ever heard of no one's done it before i'm about to to revolutionize the food industry i'll call it the sphere of meat (laughs) A meat sphere. (laughs) 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 A beef beef circle. (laughs) It can come in pork. What? It can come in pork. It can come. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, (laughs) Sugar Man asked in the chat Did you dump him after he said it's a meatball? I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. It's <laughs> my invention. <laughs> don't question Beef me. <laughs> I like that one. Beef boulders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yo, Harlequin, you're a little too good at this. <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right. So the next thing up we have is going to be talking about Birds of Prey and the fantabulous adventures of the emancipated one Harley Quinn. I got I got that title wrong that time. Um, and Cheryl's like, hand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cheryl, that is your hand. Meatball. <laughs> Oh, God. I never tell you guys 
Christ. Don't, don't cry, Cheryl. You'll smudge your makeup. I know. I'm going to get one of those tears from, you know, it's just part of the makeup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes, that's right. Harlequin said it right. Please tell us stories all the time. <laughs> yeah, perfect with the Joker cosplay. That's how the yeah. movie opens. He opens by squeezing his mouth to smile to the point of crying. And then he had a tear, tears came down yeah. his eye. I was actually going to do it, but I didn't have enough time. But I was going to make this a tear. And then I was going to, like, get some, like, um, like paint and, like, put some blood splatter on my face. That would have been cool. But I didn't have time to do it, so. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> Man. All right, I'm going to look over these notes real quick. There's a lot I want to say about this movie, so I probably won't get to get to all these notes i'll just try to remember mo like my main points i want to bring up just wing it she said just wing it <laughs> yeah what is this what is this word ah oh <laughs> i was like what did i write here i literally wrote asian death <laughs> asian death yeah, because they cut off the face of the entire Asian family at the start of that movie. Oh. Were they Asian? Yeah. Oh, wait. The ones oh, that yeah. were hanging upside down? I forget. Yeah. I forget. You know why? When you have movies where there's a like a mix of a lot of different races, like I forget who who anyone is of anything because it's harder to pick out. No, it just feels like they just it just feels like regular people. Cuz usually like it's just a bunch of white people and then you have like this one character that's like Chinese or like one character that's brown and then you're like, "Oh, you know that one brown guy or you know." Yeah, and it's easy one. to point out. But now there's like a whole mixture of people and I'm like, "Who was Asian? I can't remember who was Asian cuz there were quite a few. <laughs> and then there was All like... Right, you go. go shout. We'll see you next time. But, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm glad that... Um, that you guys like the cosplay um because it's hard for me like i can't take myself seriously sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i think i need to not have my glasses on because i can't i can't look at myself because <laughs> like, because anytime i do i'm like i can't believe i look like this right now <laughs> i think everyone loves it every time People wish that I cosplayed, so. Yeah, keep up, man, keep up. I know, I, I'm trying my best. <laughs> um, Did you know that this bow tie was craft, handcrafted from a receipt of my last purchase? <laughs> Wait, that's a receipt? Yes. <laughs> wow. From my last purchase. <laughs> Yeah. Because I don't have paper. Because <laughs> you don't own paper. 
<laughs> I just you are very talented, Cheryl. <laughs> I just make things out of stuff that I have. Um, <laughs> I used to have a stock of art supplies, color paper, and stuff, but I like got rid of it recently, and I regret it because I've been. Like, I wish I to get rid of all my construction paper, because then I could have made so much stuff for cosplay. <laughs> it's okay, because apparently you're still very resourceful, so you can still make something. You can make that out of anything, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wear this to work one day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Cheryl's a prize. Cheryl's a prize, ladies and gentlemen. She's a prize. Oh, thanks. Make sure it's known. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Someone sell my boyfriend, please. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually like, he's a, so I sent him a picture of my Harley Quinn um, cosplay last week. And then he was like, I don't like it. It's too scary. And then he was like, don't send me a picture of your Joker cosplay because it's going to be too scary. And, you know, of course I'm going to do it. Um, and he's going to be mad at me, but it's okay. <laughs> Besides, you got to save the picture. You, but you did all this hard work. You got you to save it so that at the end of the year we can put, like, together a montage of all the cosplays that you've done over the year. Yeah, and then everyone's the going to be like, what happened to Chris? <laughs> Wasn't there another person that was part of the show? Literally does not matter. <laughs> Just look at the person that does the cosplay all the time. She's Should the I turn his camera off? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you just hear my voice. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? This is a, an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and my co-host today is Mr. J. I got Mr. J to come on the show with me because we're going to be talking about the birds of prey and the emancipate the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. So, have you seen it? What do you think? We're going to talk about it. And we're just going to get into a little bit of spoiler territory here. So if you haven't seen it, go and watch my movie or I'll send Mr. J to go and bash your knees in. So... <laughs> absolutely if you haven't seen the movie it's on hbo max go watch it then come check us out here and i'm not going to try to do that bad harley quinn impression for the rest of the show um so yeah we're going to go ahead and jump right into it this movie is a kind of a spin-off of the suicide squad and it follows the story of harley quinn and how in her freedom, quote-unquote, from the Joker, plus the introduction of the Birds of Prey DC superheroes team. So before we start talking about it, did you know, or do you know much about the Birds of Prey in the comic books? Um, I don't really. I know of Black Canary, but yeah. not this version of Black Canary. So gotcha. I was a little bit confused, but I was like, okay, well, I know that they keep changing Black Canary anyway, so I wasn't <laughs> surprised either. 
Yeah, although this universe, this is supposed to be the Dinah Laurel Lance that is, like, you've probably seen the CW show. Um, this is supposed to be the same Black Canary as that um, television show, as far as, like, who the, the character is. But um, the team of the Birds of Prey is Barbara Gordon's team. That's actually Batgirl's team. And so it was a little weird for them to try to do a, Bat, a Birds of Prey movie without Batgirl. And it's going to get into why I start having a little bit of issues with this movie um, as far as Holly Quinn, trying to do a Holly Quinn movie and a Birds of Prey movie at the same time. But just for history lesson's sake, the Birds of Prey are normally Batgirl's team and they will have people like Huntress or Katana from the first Suicide Squad movie. She's been on the Birds of Prey team as well. And then Black Canary has also historically been on the team. Okay, yeah, I did not have that background, so that's probably why I didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> Coming from yeah. an outside view, uh, I actually... Yeah, not, yeah, it's not that girl. I do mean Oracle, but Barbara Gordon. <laughs> I, for people who don't know who Barbara Gordon is, is Batgirl. But she's Oracle when she gets shot by the Joker and gets put into a wheelchair. She starts the Birds of Prey team. Isn't Barbara Gordon the wife of... Um, what's his face? Uh, Commissioner Gordon? Yeah. No, Barbara... So you're thinking... You're, Barbara Gordon, like, his, his wife is named Barbara, but their daughter is named has the same name. So their daughter, Barbara, is the Barbara that will become Batgirl. Gotcha, and ends up gotcha. working in that team with Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne. All right. Ugh, it's all connected now. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, coming from an outside view, I, um, I didn't know that there was a group called Birds of Prey. So yeah. I thought it was cool just, like, seeing everyone together. And I liked the way that the movie was, like, navigated. Um, another, it, it was another one of those cases where you have a movie where there's a lot of voiceover and it's not in chronological order. And usually I hate that stuff, hate it. But it worked for me um, in this movie because it's very Harley Quinn. And it and and the way that the um, the movie was put together in terms of not being in chronological order worked for me. Was it necessary? Probably not. But it was a lot of just starting with action and then explaining it later. So it's kind of like how you know movies like The Hangover start, where you start in mid action and then you go back rewind to explain how you got there. Except for she kind of does a like multiple times multiple times which yeah. is kind of fun it's like you know it was playful very harley quinn so um so i actually enjoyed it and um i and i kind of like the uh the voiceovers i'm not sure if it was necessary to have the voiceovers but again very harley quinn so i'll take it yeah i think that the movie is very fun when i watched the movie this time um i remember that there's a lot of things that I like about the movie. And the action sequences are probably the strongest part of the movie, but they're also the part of the movie where they act, they got um, one of the people that worked on John Wick to come and choreograph the action scenes for them in this movie. And that's part of the reason why the action sequences are so kinetic and fun and energetic. It's, it's great. Like, every time there was a fight sequence on screen, I found myself 
happy and smiling. And the other thing about this movie is that it's a female director and I feel like it shows in many different places, but one of the subtle places that it shows, which I'm gonna go ahead and mention now, which I think you only get from a female director and not a male director because men don't think about this, is when Black Canary is fighting and her hair gets in her face and she gets frustrated and then Harley Quinn rolls over to her and says, hair tie? And then Black Canary's, thank you, puts it up and then keeps fighting. And if it was, if a man was to direct that movie, and this isn't to say one's better than the other, but if a man was to direct the movie, most, more than likely, they would just have her hair going around and just be like, yeah, this is fine. But for a woman directing the movie, she's gonna think about the fact that this girl's hair is gonna be getting in her face while she's trying to fight and think to actually make that a detail that they can actually bring up and make for a funny moment as well as being practical. So I like that. And that was something that I thought was really cool. And it's really small, but it's a nice touch. Definitely picked up on that. Um, and, and during that sequence, the other thing that I was um, was noticing was just, you know, their outfits were, you know, practical. Uh, I mean, yeah, like Harley Quinn is Harley Quinn. She's going to be a little revealing and stuff like that. Um, but she still, she still got it. And they're all wearing boots they're all wearing shoes that you can like have combat in with the exception of the rollerblades um harley that, quinn once again <laughs> it was harley quinn and it was a fun it was a fun thing and like they even said uh one of them said when did when did she have time for a wardrobe change? a shoe switch a shoe change, <laughs> a shoe change. and that was just great and it's funny because like after watching this movie I just thought it was interesting because not too long ago we were doing um, Gunpowder Milkshake and we were saying how rare it was to have movies like this with a female ensemble action movie where the women are wearing practical clothing and no heels. Um, And then, like, here we go again, like another one. And I have to applaud that. Um, The other thing that I really loved about this movie is the diversity. It's so, like... It's like I I didn't really notice it until the very end because I was like, oh, there's a lot of females in this movie and the females are very strong characters. And because I was so busy noticing that, I didn't really notice the diversity in it. But I think the other reason why I don't notice the diversity is because that's how the real world is. Diverse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there's a couple of things that I thought was interesting as far as choices go. Cassandra Kane's an actual character from the comic books. And for those people that don't know, Cassandra Kane is a girl that will eventually become Batgirl for a little while. And then after she's Batgirl for a while, she will branch out and um, take her own superhero persona. But she does have a spin. Like, there's the way there's been multiple Robins, there's been multiple Batgirls. And Cassandra Kane has actually been Batgirl at one point. So in this movie, she's obviously not going to be Batgirl. She's too young, and we're never going to see that character, this Cassandra Cain, be Batgirl in the movie. But it was nice that they included the character, just so that now that character does exist in film. And they did race swap um, Black Canary, because Black Canary is normally white, but Cassandra Cain is Asian, even in the comic books. So um, she's she's not Filipino, I don't think, specifically but she is asian but either way it's nice that that character does exist in this universe now and 
other characters that they have, you know, Renee Montoya, Helena Bertinelli, these are also characters that are famous in the comic books. Um, Renee Montoya has notoriously been a like famous detective that worked with Harvey Bullock um, in Gotham. Uh, she was in the Batman animated television show as well. And Helena Bertinelli, the Huntress, she's also someone that's a part of the Bat family, um, was also in the Arrow television show, if people watch that. And um, um, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead plays her in this movie. And it's really, I, I like that character a lot. Um, I'm going to talk about like what I like about the characters in a moment. But out of all the characters that appear in this movie, I think her character works the most from a story perspective. Um, more so than the other characters but the fact is like the the characters that they chose for this ensemble movie are all characters that i like in the comic books so, so i was happy to see them portrayed on screen yeah i did feel like um i did i know for sure that i didn't know who all the characters were even um the black mask i didn't know who that was um i know who victor's Zaz is um yeah. uh and and I thought that was cool that, you know, uh, it just felt like all the characters, even though I didn't know who they all were, were from the universe. So um, that felt fun to me. Yeah, absolutely. And you should watch Batman Under Red Hood because Black Mask actually appears in that movie. Um, so you can... <laughs> <laughs> I know you haven't seen it. I put it on that list of movies that I sent you. So at some point, watch Under the Red Hood. Um but yeah, so like, I have a lot of fun with this movie. So when I come to this movie, I don't say that it's a bad movie because I had fun with it. But I think that the movie does have some problems that um, I can't help but notice more on a second uh, more on a second viewing. But before I get into that, one of the things I also liked about this movie is the runtime. It's not a two and a half hour epic movie. It's an hour and 48 minutes. It gets in, it gets out, and you know, I feel like that allows for you to have more fun with the movie, but maybe in an ensemble movie, it might have actually hurt learning more about the ensemble. But in general, I like the length. I did feel that, because um, I knew who Black Canary was, and I was waiting for her to use her powers, and she only uses it once, really, yeah. at the end, and then she passes out. And I was like, what? That is not, that is not Black Canary. I mean, <laughs> she'd just be yelling at everyone all day. That's her superpower. Um. Right. <laughs> the canary cry, man. The canary cry. <laughs> Metahumans. So I was um, like, I, I was just like, why isn't she using it? Why isn't she using it? She finally does. And I'm like, yeah. And I guess they were just kind of using it as like a, like a, kind of like a trump card thing at the end for her to, like, yeah. make her look super strong at the end. But I feel like they could have amped it up, literally. <laughs> I agree. And part of that goes, that falls into the issue that I have with the movie and these characters. Because a lot of them actually don't get that much development. And we don't get that much, you don't really learn much about them in the way to like care about them we we get serviceable passing moments we hear about the past that happened with renee montoya we hear what happened to black canary's mom but we don't see it and one of the things about films we always talk about show don't tell in visual media if we don't see it a lot of times we don't care and you see helena bertinelli's family get killed 
And so you feel that and you feel like how tragic that was for that character. But the tone of that is also different than the movie itself. The movie has kind of like two tones in it. And that's like the darkest of the dark, but it's juxtaposed against this kind of playful, wacky antics, Harley Quinn movie. And so those specific dynamics are kind of at odds with each other. But at the very least, when it comes to um, the Huntress as a character, we see her history and therefore can be more connected to it. Whereas when we're just told about the history of Black Canary and the history of Renee Montoya, it actually doesn't give us a way to like grow with those characters or to see how they change or what the, or what they're struggling with. So they exist in their cool characters as far as the things they do, but as far as being like actual well-rounded characters, they kind of fall short there, unfortunately, for me. Yeah, I, d- I guess I do, um, now that you mention it, um, could agree that a little bit more background for each of them would have been nice. Because um, even in uh, The Suicide Squad, a little spoil here, um, they have conversations with each other that explain what their backgrounds are, and and but they do it in a way where it's a heartfelt kind of thing. And so we feel what they're feeling deeply because they're explaining it, and while they're explaining it, we get flashbacks. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think that helped build the relationships and the characters that they could have done in this movie without making it too much longer. But then again, the ensemble doesn't really get together until the very, very end, so it's a little hard to, to you know, have that same dynamic where they can reveal things about themselves to each other and they have to find some other way to show it. I think it didn't entirely bother me because going into this movie, one, I thought it would be bad, but it wasn't. (laughs) And two, because I thought of it more of a Harley Quinn movie than an ensemble movie. So the ensemble part for me was kind of like a bonus. And when they all came together and realized that they had um, a shared, um, like, agenda, and that's Mm -hmm. why they're fighting together, that's when, like, I I really realized that it was going to be an ensemble because that's when they actually become one. Otherwise, it's just a movie about Harley Quinn and a bunch of other people that are having different goals and stuff like that. But then it all comes together, and I think that's that's what I liked, is that it all came together, and then they became an ensemble, and then it was just really cool, because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, and like I like it when they come together. I think the biggest thing that works against the movie is kind of one of the things you brought up, where it's meant to be a Harley Quinn movie more so than a Birds of Prey movie. And because of that, because even the information we get is based off the information that Harley Quinn knows. So the things that we see are based off of just information she has, but it's not based on her relationship to these characters. And a lot of times when you have ensemble movies, you build the relationship between each and every one of these characters. So the fact that they actually don't all meet up until the end of the movie doesn't allow them to actually build any type of connection with one another. And so it doesn't feel as strong when they when they actually are all together and working as a team. It's cool. One of the like this has this movie has like one of the coolest choreo- uh, choreographies for a team fight. And where the camera moves, it's moving between all of them. They're all like tag teaming and working together. And it's actually one of the best just team fights I've seen put to film. 
but the emotional aspect of it isn't there more than just it's cool because of the fact that we haven't actually gotten to see them be together, have to learn to be a team, have them develop relationships with, with, with one another. I mean, just five minutes before that fight happens, we see Harley Quinn kick Renee Montoya out a window, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. And then a scene later, they're fighting together. So while I think it works, um, it's just from a standpoint of making you feel good. From a story standpoint, it feels a little lacking to me only because the the relationship between the characters is missing. Um, so that moment isn't as earned as it is in like say an Avengers movie where we just spent like an hour and a half listening to these people argue with each other, you know, and have to learn how to fight with each other. It felt a little bit like the Justice League, um, the Whedon version where mm -hmm. it was a little butchered, but still like, I mean, it wasn't as bad, but, like, coming from an outside perspective, not knowing yeah. the background of, um, you know, the uh, the characters, it worked for me. So I think mm -hmm. it, this is kind of a similar situation where, like, I don't know the background, and just coming, it from, coming from an outside view, it worked for me. Yeah, I mean, and it's not a problem with having fun. Um, the main thing I'm, like... Like my, my criticisms just come from just kind of like a storytelling point of view of just if it works story-wise um, and just because of the fact that we don't really get to know these characters, for me, it doesn't seem no, it doesn't work as well. And I think another issue for me is that I personally don't know how well Harley Quinn works as a lead. I think that in many ways she feels like Jack Sparrow in On Stranger Ties to me in this movie because she actually doesn't really affect the plot. Well, and there's not really a plot in this movie. There's a MacGuffin and the entire movie is getting the MacGuffin. So there's not really a plot, but that's fine. John Wick doesn't really have a plot either. So I won't count that against this movie, but she doesn't really affect the movie through her decisions, which is weird considering she is the main character and she is supposed to have like a goal of emancipating herself. So her whole thing is that I don't want the Joker to tell me what to do anymore i'm free to to do my own thing but because they want to make harley quinn just kind of like this crazy like deus ex machina she has no goals for herself and she just all she wants to do is get a sandwich for the most of the movie until her sandwich is destroyed but and which is funny but it doesn't create character motivation and then afterwards when she does have the motivation to go after cassandra to get the diamond it's motivation that was given to her by a man so she's still doing something that a man is telling her to do. And it's not until the end of the movie when she kind of feels like, okay, now I'm gonna go and save her because I wanna save her. But it basically means that since she's our main character, she kind of just bumbles her way through the movie, kind of like Jack Sparrow, gets lucky in situations where it makes it look like she doesn't know what she's doing, which in the movie, if I miss it, is blind luck. And I feel like that's just unfortunate because you can, there's room to play with Harley Quinn as a smart and capable person as well because she is a psychiatrist. And they even have that scene where she basically breaks down exactly the problems that Cassandra has because she, she actually is smart and she is intelligent. And I think for me, seeing that they even kind of hinted at it or played with it, it feels disappointing that they don't utilize it more often 
for that character and her and her arc or her development. Yeah, I guess it like it's hard for me to imagine Harley Quinn, at least this Harley Quinn, being smart because they made her really dumb in like the other movies. Yeah, like they really make her like ditzy and like unaware of what's actually happening. Um, yeah, and so I can kind of see why they didn't. They, they they kept true to the way they already depicted her character. So it felt it felt natural to me for the way that things had progressed in the movie. And again, like the way they were just, you know, um, structuring the movie at the beginning with, you know, it being mainly about her and then like introducing the other characters um, characters in like yes it, it then it becomes less and less about her and it becomes more of an ensemble uh, which I guess like normally probably this kind of stuff would bother me but yeah. I think because of the nature of the characters it, it just felt like it was another one of those times where you know like tomorrow tomorrow war where I didn't know where I was in the movie in terms mm. of like where are we in in the stages of a movie the three act structure right i didn't know yeah. where i was um and and part of that was because of the way that the movie was structured with harley telling um stories out of order and then having these other characters come into play and then it turning into an ensemble so i think because of the unnatural presentation of the story structure, it felt, it didn't feel um, unusual to me, I guess. Like, it didn't, because they already made it weird. So, her having a weird um, main character arc, not being conventional, felt natural to me. (laughs) I mean, and that's fine. And, like, that's going to come down to each individual. I feel like, as a whole, though, she it is hard to make the Harley that they've created work as a main character the same way it's hard to make Jack Sparrow work as a main character. Yeah. I think Harley is great when she has other people to play on. And when she's with the Birds of Prey, I think it's also great that when she's in those scenes with them. But for her to kind of, like, carry a movie is part of the reason why the plot doesn't really move along through her. It moves along because of a random act of this one girl being in the wrong place at the right time and stealing a diamond, and then the the, the story or the the environment pushes Harley along, um, rather than Harley. So rather than Harley influencing her world, the world influences her, um, which you know I don't think works. But you know it's that's that's just gonna come down to like an individual taste at that point. Yeah, I mean, I I would agree that it would be weird to have her be the main character without the other characters, um, similar to, like, Jack Sparrow, um, where it would just be odd to have her carry the movie on her own. Um, That's probably why they decided to have this ensemble, so that she could have others to work off of. Um, I agree. And I can't really imagine a movie where she does carry the movie by herself. I feel it would be a lot 
like Joker, the movie Joker. <laughs> oh yeah, no, <laughs> Where I it'll agree. just be that's... really sad and not fun. <laughs> No, I, I agree, and that's probably why I think that Harley Quinn should not have her own movie, um, because of that um, that exact reason. But I think that the next question then becomes, well, then what kind of movie, what kind of ensemble movie do you put her in? And it feels weird for her to be in a team movie for a team she's not a part of. So like when you choose the Birds of Prey, it feels better or feels good when they all come together as a team. But the fact that she doesn't have any real bearing on the team, what it so at the end, what it ends up feeling like to me is that they had a Birds of Prey movie that they wanted to make, but felt like there weren't enough no, well-known characters in there to make that movie. And they had a Harley Quinn movie that they wanted to make, but they didn't feel like Harley Quinn could carry a movie on her own. And so they combined these two ideas to try to get them to work, which is why even the title itself says Birds of Prey. And it's not just Birds of Prey, it's Birds of Prey and basically this long title with Harley Quinn. Um, but at the end of the day, those two movies, I don't know necessarily work 100% for what they want to do because at the, by the end of the day, as far as the Birds of Prey go, we don't get to know them much better than we do when we start, except for maybe Helena Bertinelli. But then Harley Quinn, we get to basically have some fun and spend a lot of time with Harley Quinn. Um, and so now I guess the question is, do they make, well, I mean, I think we know the answer, but do they make a Birds of Prey movie without Harley Quinn? Probably not. Yeah. To be honest, I think they might be done. I would be surprised if they made more DC films at this point. Um, just because yeah. it seems like there's no infrastructure, mm -hmm. um, for the universe. So I, I don't, I don't know if they're really gonna make more. Maybe for like individuals, but not um, ensembles. Like I can see Why them not? maybe doing like a Flash movie. I think they are gonna do a Flash movie. Um, yeah, Flashpoint, which will give them excuse to reset everything. I don't. You probably haven't seen Flashpoint Paradox. That's another movie you should probably watch. Uh, just you can see kind of like what the idea is behind it. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot to play with um, with DC. So. It's hard to say what they're really going to do out there. But like I said, there's no infrastructure right now. So who knows what they're going to try to do next. <laughs> right. So we're coming up on time. There's more that I, I can bring up. Um, but I can move that to just our like uh, general Twitch talk. Um, is there anything else that you just wanted to kind of get off your chest about like what you did enjoy about the movie or like anything you didn't bring up so far? Um, I mean... <sighs> For for the big main points, um, yes, I think I covered everything. But uh, I think what I enjoyed the most about the movie were the little jokes. Um, it was just a really fun and entertaining movie. Um, yeah. If you're not thinking so much about like the structure of the movie and and the character development, the jokes are in there. The jo it's it's funny. I think it's yeah. comparable to um, the Suicide Squad in terms of jokes and having little moments. Um, yeah. I think it's the the jokes are are maybe not quite up there, but it's up there. With They're the Suicide good. Squad. The R rating also helps that this movie. This is another R rated DC movie, and I'm starting to feel like I think I prefer my my DC movies to be rated R. Yeah, I mean, that is the nature of DC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
This is not Marvel. <laughs> right. I feel like I need to stop pushing these PG-13 ratings on these superhero movies. I kind of just want to see more. Our, I want to see my superheroes dropping F-bombs in this DC world because it, it feels more real. Yeah. Yeah, Birds of Prey is R-rated. <laughs> I was surprised, too. There's a lot of F-bombs that get dropped. There's violence, but it's not as bad as Suicide Squad. Like, would you say? It's 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 easier like, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. My, I, th- I think my my favorite besides the the um, the epic battle at the end, I really enjoyed when um, Harley Quinn goes to um, break into the jail, and she's got like these like cannons of like <laughs> color bombs and bombs. glitter, <laughs> and then she comes like to this moment where she has to like pick up a weapon, and there's like a variety, there's like a chainsaw and stuff like that, and of course she picks up the bat. And that was just, like, such a cool moment. She was like, oh, yeah, my favorite yeah. thing. The the other cool thing that this movie remembers, it's like that thing where you're like, hey, you know Batman's a detective? The other thing this movie remembers is like, hey, you know that Harley Quinn is a gymnast? And so you see her flexing that a lot. You see her, like, cartwheeling and flipping, and it feels really good. It feels like you're watching an animated version of Harley Quinn. She literally, in that scene where she picks up that bat, she literally like um, flips. Um, she like she she like flips with the guy, and then like flips through his legs, and then kind of flips back to her feet and rolls over his back, and then hits him with the bat. It's like there's a lot of really cool movement that Margot Robbie or her stunt double were able to pull off in this movie that feel like Harley Quinn for people that have like seen that character in action in the cartoons. And that's and I, I have to I have to give it praise for that. The the choreography but not but also the fact that they take into account her fighting style, which was more on display here than it was in the Suicide Squad, I would say. Yeah. There's a lot of moments, I think, little details that they did, you know, it it, it feels like they worked very hard on this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, the problems that I have are like problems that I would have with any movie. But at the same time, that's why one of the reasons I wanted to make sure I said that I, at the end of the day, I still had fun with it. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie, but there are elements that you probably don't want to utilize yourself when, when writing a movie um, like this. But either way, um, last thoughts? And are you good? I'm good. All right. So you guys want, we're going to talk a little bit more about this on our Twitch channel. If you guys want to check us out on our Twitch channel, it's twitch.tv slash C3films. And, but what did you guys think about um, Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn? Did you enjoy the movie? Did you feel like, did you kind of feel like me where there were things that didn't work? That Were you like, sure, where it just didn't bother you and you were able to have fun regardless? Whatever you thought, comment below, let us know. And while you're down there, if you can give us a like, share, and subscribe. Even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been... Joker. We'll see you next time. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. It looked, at one, it looked like at one point our stream went down, at least for me. So um, I'll have to check to see if it went down. What gives? In general. Um, so two other things I want to bring up, by the way. So the girl that played Cassandra Kane. Yo, so... Do you know what her last name is? No. Okay. So I was working on a film called Fabulous Filipino Brothers 
around like two years ago, I guess, 2019. And while I was on set, the, the guy that was directing it was Dante Bosco. You know who Dante Bosco is? Yes, I do. Okay. So I got to meet and take a picture with Dante Bosco and got him to sign my friend's Avatar Last Airbender box set. But one of the days when we were filming, the little girl came on set because that's Dante Bosco's niece or something. So, and everyone was talking about how she had worked on Birds of Prey and they were asking her what her experience was and everything else like that. But, um, so I actually got to, I didn't really talk, I didn't talk to her, but I got to be around the little girl that played um, Cassandra Kane in Birds of Prey. Nice, that's cool, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it was fun, and then, like seeing her, I was like, okay, yeah, I've seen that little girl. That's yeah, cool. she looks. Yeah, I, like now that you mention it, she did look kind of familiar. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe because she has the same eyes as Dante. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> so one and the last thing I kind of want to talk to you about and ask your opinion on a um, little bit more serious topic in re- relation to these movies. I don't think that Harley Quinn suffers from this as much, but I have been noticing a trend when it comes to these female-led or female ensemble action movies or female whatever, like group group of females in a movie doing a thing, is that almost every time the villains are always men. And I'm starting to feel like that's a little strange that in none of these movies do they ever have female villains as well as female protagonists. And the same thing with Gunpowder Milkshake. There were no female antagonists where they can even have like a cool female like fight against other females. It's always them fighting men. And even when Harley Quinn went and invaded the police station, she was shooting only men. And I was like, wow, this police station really has no women working in it? That seems really odd. And so... I was wondering why that is, and it it bothers me a little bit because what it ends up feeling like is an us versus them situation. And when you have a movie where you want 50% of your audience to see it because they're probably male, it feels a little weird to always try to pose them as the villains of females in movies where you have females as protagonists. And so it just makes you wonder why you wouldn't have female antagonists as well but what do you think it's funny you say that because i actually really hate female v female fight scenes i hate them Mm -hmm. um and i don't i don't really know why i think it's because it feels catty it feels like like we would never do that (laughs) right and 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 you would never fight each other yeah, I, it just, I just can't see a time where, I mean, like, they did that in Wonder Woman, where, um, you know, uh, where Wonder Woman fights um, cheetah. the cheetah, and, like, that, that felt weird to me. I mean, I guess, like, it felt better because cheetah was a cheetah. But if Cheetah was a human, then I'd be like, this is weird, I don't like it. Because every time I've seen a female-female combat um, scene, well, usually they're, like, in high heels. 
right really tight outfits and i'm just like ugh, this is for the men right but and do you, I think, does that mean I, hmm? I think if they do it in a way where it feels like it's not for the men then it would be acceptable but i don't think we're there yet <laughs> i mean yeah because like you can have uh i mean uh i can't remember i feel like fast and the furious one of the movies did this where they had like Michelle Rodriguez fighting against um, Ronda Rousey, and they're both just wearing like suits or something. But so I mean, you can absolutely do it, and I'm not really talking about it from the standpoint of having sexy women fighting each other. I'm talking it from the standpoint of just women are people too. So if women are people, that means that they can also be villains, and it just it always feels weird because. Then if we want to get technical, you could say that, well, most of the time guys are bigger than women. So if a guy and a girl were to fight, a lot of times a guy would win because he's just bigger. But like if you're getting into these situations where you have like these movies where you have these capable human beings, it feels like you should have capable human beings on both sides of the equation. Because that also means that you could technically do, well, I guess the question would be, could you do a male protagonist versus a female antagonist and have the male antagonist win without being upset about it. And yeah. John Wick did that, actually. I guess in a way, because of the way we have been wired to think, that if we see a female defeat a male, it makes them look stronger. Yeah. So maybe there's that. And the only way to make it seem like beating up uh like a female beating a another female um without making the female look weak is to make her also strong but if you have her also be strong then then it it has to be like a whole showcase thing so you can't just have like a henchman female because mm-hmm. then because then it, that would just be rude <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like. You could have like a, a, I guess someone that. Well, I guess it always it's weird, right? Because Black Mask himself is not a physical force, right? He doesn't get into a physical conflict with anybody. Um, and actually, if you think about it, the Birds of Prey, don't actually fight anybody in a physical conflict outside of Zaz, and even Zaz isn't like a display. It's a kind of like quick. And, it, and it's over a fight. They actually spend, uh, spend a lot of their fight scenes fighting against unnamed henchmen, you know? And that's one thing I noticed in like these other movies too, they spend a lot of time fighting against unnamed henchmen. And then when it comes to like the big bad of the movie, there there is no, there is no like kind of one-on-one catharsis feeling fight. And I guess I kind of just wonder why that's missing in Gunpowder Milkshake and in Birds of Prey and like some of these other movies. It just, it's just something I've, I've slowly started to notice. Um, I guess like the other thing that I could kind of see is that in both of these examples, and even, you know, if you think about um, uh, Black Widow, mm-hmm. there's like a camaraderie in those movies where the females kind of like join together and the very fact that they're females is the camaraderie so if they were fighting against 
you know, another um, outside party that was a female, then it would destroy the camaraderie of the females working together, if that makes kind of sense. I, I, it makes sense. I guess I just disagree with that idea because the camaraderie isn't, if you're going to make a movie about the fact that we're female and we're, and we're discriminated against and that's why we come together, then that's one thing. But if you're making a movie about people just coming together because they're friends or they have a commonality of interest, that, that also feels real to me. It doesn't need to be just because um, they're women. Because also, that's also just not true of the world, right? Like, all women aren't kumbaya loving each other. Same way, not all men are kumbaya loving each other because we're all men. So it's kind of more true of the world. People that, that come together usually come together because they have a commonality of interests or goals. And if they just so happen to all be female, that's fine. But I don't know that I necessarily agree that the the fact that they're female is the reason why they should come together, if that's the thought process in Hollywood. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I do think that it is a thing that is lacking. Um, but then again, I think having this type of female representation in, in itself is already lacking. So right. um, that's what I meant where I, I, when I said I don't think we're there yet. Um, mm -hmm. It's because we're still being slowly introduced to seeing females in a different light. So um, I think what what is going on right now is just first of all showing females being strong, and mm -hmm. and I feel like the way to do that right now is to show females defeating men because that's how we're wired right now. And showing a female defeat another female, even though they're both strong, doesn't really quite, um, I guess, fulfill that idea that we already have in ingrained in our minds right now. Right. Yeah. Now, that makes a lot of sense from just the societal point of view. I guess I just get a little worried because I, like, I, I'm a man who has, because I've been in these situations where I'll, I'll talk to somebody and they'll look at me and say, blah, blah, because you're a man. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm also a brown man that's dealt with a lot of shit. So why are we just stopping at the man part? Because there's other things that, that, that have happened to me that make it so that I've also dealt with bullshit. Um, the fact that I'm a man doesn't mean I just automatically stop dealing with bullshit. But even with me being as open-minded as I try to be, I found myself in certain moments getting defensive when I see a movie that almost seems to be attacking men. And I'm someone who's a little bit more open-minded. So I already know that there's a, a wider range of people out there that are watching these movies or, or will not even watch the movie at all because they think, oh, they're attacking men. So while I understand where we are right now, and this is probably where we need to be right now before we can kind of move into a kind of a, a more even way of approaching these movies because things aren't even. It definitely feels like when 50% of your audience belongs to a certain gender, alienating one group on either side, whether it's women or men, um, 
it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's going to bring us together in the long run it, to me it feels like it's going to drive us further apart and make us kind of and create this group of people that's going to reject this even more i mean i see what you're saying but i think that it's just it's hard to to like represent everyone that's true. equally in everything sure. um and and i guess like the only thing i can offer you is just to say that this movie wasn't for you <laughs> it was it was for me it was for <laughs> other women um and i think that's what the goal was it's kind of like being a leader right like you're gonna do what you need to do um to get through and and to push forward but not everyone's right. gonna like you um, but that doesn't mean you're bad at no. what you do. Right. But would you say that in being a leader, though, um, I get because one of the things I always come back to is that black people in this country would not have gotten anywhere without white people that supported them because black people weren't in a position of power to do anything. So there had to be white people at some point that said, I get your struggle and I'm with you. So I guess my question comes down to, do you feel that at some point though, there has to be a hand that's extended to the other side to say, come and join us because that's the way that we really make progress and move forward. Oh, definitely. Um, and, I, and I definitely feel that brown people have paved the way for everyone else. Mm. Um, and you know that, that being said, I just feel like in, in cases like this um, and like where we are right now at this point of time there's there's only like I, f I feel like each piece that is trying to make a statement mm -hmm. is doing it with one target in mind right um, like you know like when when Shang-Chi comes out it's gonna be for the Asians right the hero is a male it's not for the women it's for the Asians. And so I'm not going to watch that movie and be like, well, I didn't think the women were like, there were not enough women. And why can't the main character be um, a female and stuff like mm -hmm. that? Um, but instead, I'm going to look at it and be like, I'm going to take this as a win because we're having another Asian movie. Right. Um, and so, like, but there's only so much of that that you can do because there are so many um you know groups that need mm -hmm. to be represented and it's impossible to do that for every group in a single movie so and and i think that's why like i would kind of forgive it for the, in this case and also because like i just feel like we're not quite there yet but i do agree like there i i think that there can be a movie to be made where the um, males are not represented solely as bad guys because like you know in this situation um, where like all the bad characters are basically men and so from your point of view yes it it, it could seem like males are not being represented uh, very well um, which is a fair a fair point 
Um, but then, like, we can just, you know, one day make a movie where it's diverse, where it's an ensemble team made up of men and women mm-hmm. fighting against villains that are men and women. Um, yeah. But then it wouldn't be targeted for the female identity. It's not for the female right. group. It's not to say females are strong. It's saying that men and women are the same either way. So it's just another statement, I guess. Yeah, and that maybe that's like what I really want to get to at the end of the day, because it's not about men being better than women or women being better than men. We're in this together, and I hope that one day we can have like stories that reflect that. Um, so yeah, it's just like my my ideal world kind of point of view, uh, which we're not there yet, like you said. Um, we'll get there. And the, one day someone yeah. will will think of it and be like. I made the meatball, and <laughs> I made the meatball. And then Chris is gonna be like, uh, "No, I made the meatball, but you just you, had more money to distribute it." <laughs> you know, you know what, you know what it is. You know what it is with uh, Harley Quinn. It's um, what you gonna call it? <laughs> we uh, said we have a story that reflects that. It's called the Suicide Squad. You right. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what it is? It's the fact that the guy who was the you remember the guy's name that they were living with? That who his restaurant? Uh, like, like Lee, something like that. Yeah. The thing is, I was like, you know what? It's all it, like a movie like this is okay if all the men are are evil because at least there's at least one redeemable man, which is also true of life. Not all men are evil, but then even he turned out to be an asshole. And I was like, oh come on, move. He was so nice. You didn't need to make him a jerk, too. The only redeemable man. <laughs> I don't think he was being a jerk. jerk. He was just doing what he needed to survive. I know, but he, he betrayed our he betrayed our heroes, which in any situation <laughs> that usually considered to be that would make you a bad person. It's funny because Harley's not even a hero. So if you she's really an think anti- about it, he's, she's just, an he's being a stand up guy <laughs> 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 reporting crime and. <laughs> He was he was trying to get her to go to jail. He was trying to turn <laughs> her into prison. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that was the last kind of thing I wanted to bring up that I knew we weren't gonna have enough time to talk about during the the actual like talk on the movie. But I just wanted to get your perspective. Oh yeah. If you brought that up, that would have been our whole segment. I know. Exactly. <laughs> we spent like an extra half an hour just talking about that. Well, because Identity politics and politics in general can just, you know, it gets into that. Yeah. Um, so a little, a little, a uh, few things. Um, did you notice that in the in the um, police station there was a wanted poster for Captain Boomerang? <laughs> yeah, and she says, "I know that guy." <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good. good. Um. Didn't he die though? Oh no, that was in the Not next at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that it in the wrong order. order. <laughs> I was I was wondering why there was a wanted poster for him. Oh, that's because they don't know that he's in Belrez. That's why. Well, no, actually, I don't know. He was he was arrested by the Flash, so I wonder why he had a wanted poster. Wasn't he already he part of? Prison. Wasn't he already part of the Suicide Squad? You're right. He was because this movie comes after Suicide Squad, so. Right. I wonder why why did he have a wanted poster up? Because why not? Why <laughs> because not? Maybe he escaped. 
Maybe Zoom took the bomb out of his head and... <laughs> wow, Zoom. You brought up Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that's a CW reference right there. She brought up Zoom, y'all. Oh, it's because I just watched Hell to Pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Please, watch, watch Under the Red Hood. Um... What was I going to say? Oh, uh, I don't know. I was just like, I, I really like the sandwich. <laughs> and then tragedy struck. Oh. <laughs> Slow motion sandwich. I legit felt so sad for her in that moment. It was. It looked like a really good sandwich. It did look like a good sandwich. Um, I kind of wanted it myself. I liked her business card. Um, I liked how she put <laughs> life coach. And then I also thought it was funny when she was like, look at my pocket, and they pull out a tampon. <laughs> and I'm like, that's so real, guys. Like, you don't know it, but that's, that's a legit thing that we would have in our pockets. Oh, yeah. If we don't There's have a lot, there, Moments like that only exist because the director is female. Yeah. Wouldn't that happen if a man directed this movie? Guaranteed it. Um... I actually looked up who um, who did who who did direct this movie. She didn't actually do a lot of stuff. She she doesn't have a lot of um, things, and I also noticed that she's Asian. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that makes sense. Why like I was wondering why um, she what's her name the comedian um, Ali uh, Ali yes. I was like, why Ali is Wong. Ali Wong in this movie? And she's not even a funny character. She's just kind of a jerk in this movie. The ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I was like, this feels weird. But, um, but yeah. And uh, So after I looked it up, I was like, okay, that makes sense why, you know, the casting is the way it was. And yeah. like you said, you could really tell that it was directed by a woman. Oh yeah, you really can. Ewan McGregor was having fun in this movie. I liked him as Black Mask. Yeah. <laughs> he he felt like a good villain to me. But did you know that they changed his you cha- they changed the ending of the movie? Oh, they did. Yes, because Ewan McGregor's character, I don't know if you noticed, but he seemed to have some type of intimate relationship with Zaz. Like they seemed like they were almost like together with the hmm. way that they were like with each other and like you know the way he was like his confidant and everything they were really close um apparently the original story was that um what's his name that roman sionis what was on the diamond or was on the MacGuffin of the movie was film that showed sionis with other men and because of the fact that he wanted to have this image of being this macho man he was trying to get the um, footage or the film at any at any cost. So there's a, that's why they have all these insecure moments where he's like, is she laughing at me? Um, because he's an insecure character and he's constantly worried about his image and how he's portrayed to other people. And so that was his motivations with the idea, I guess, being at the end of the movie that no one gives a fuck if you're you're gay, dude. We give a fuck about the fact you're being an asshole. <laughs> I see. Um, yeah. No, I didn't really pick up on that because um, I didn't really like 
you know, um, they were just really subtle with it. So yeah, I didn't really pay too much attention to that relationship. Yeah. But I did yeah. enjoy Ian McGregor. I thought he he was like scary, and then like it was it was funny. It was just kind of fun to see in that. It was a cool villain, I think, the way that he played the role. Yeah. No, exactly. It's good. It's really good. All right. Well, it is ten o'clock, basically. Oh yeah, one minute, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, shall we call it a night? I think it'll be a good time too. Do we know what we're doing next week? Um, I think we were kind of up in the air about next week because we have a bunch of movies that we can do. I think we need to do um, more. It wasn't that good. Uh, we are a little behind in that. So we'll probably do something like, um, do we say Fast and Furious? Something else? I don't know. We don't really have anything lined up. But it's going to be bad stuff, so. Yeah, we got to find bad stuff. <laughs> that's the, that's the goal now, to find bad stuff. Um. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, none of these videos have to go tomorrow, right? So I don't have to fit it. We don't have to edit anything tonight. Um, sorry, what? None of these videos have to go up tomorrow that we just recorded today. Uh, no. Yeah, cool. So no, so no editing. Yep, we're good. Excellent. Uh, well, everybody, thank you for hanging with us in our fun and then serious conversations near the end. Um, hopefully you guys, hopefully we didn't scare you off, but, but I feel like having these conversations are how we can grow as a community. It's important for us to be able to talk about these things and our different experiences, because the more we know about each other, it makes it easier to, for us to actually know more about ourselves, as cheesy as that sounds, and that sounds, but the only way forward is together. That's the biggest thing to take away from tonight. So and let's all keep talking get- with each other and- Understanding. What happened? <laughs> I was going to say, someone get Chris a makeup kit or something <laughs> that he could use to, you know, costume. Or maybe, you know, we can try to, you know, think about, we, we, can, we can, you know, you can consult me. We can discuss and, and I can give you ideas of what you can do to piece I have together. no idea. Just, just do yourself a favor and me and everyone that watches our show a favor and go to Walgreens or, you know, the nearest drugstore uh, and just pick up a, a face paint kit and you'll be square. It's really all you need. <laughs> I think everyone at this point expects for you to be the one that dresses up. I'm the, I am just the, I'm the practical one in the relationship. You are the one that goes above and beyond. So I think that you're carrying it well enough for the both of us. I'm putting this next to this. (laughs) She's pretty impressive, (laughs) y'all. That's Rick Grimes right there. Rick Grimes, Mr. J, and Harley (laughs) Quinn. (laughs) 
Good times. But oh, hey, man. once you do it, it's going to be so fun. You're going to want to keep doing it for, like, the next ones and stuff. Trust me. I'm, I'm sure. I <laughs> Marie just came in. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Thanks, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thank you. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, Marie, you caught us right before we're ending. We're about to get out of here. But uh, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you. Um, we'll drop it on our Discord about where we're going to do next. And we'll drop, obviously, something on YouTube later. We're going to have our meeting and figure out what our next thing is. There are no new movies coming out for a while that I think that we personally want to discuss. So it'll probably just we'll probably be going into some of our recommendations and stuff now. But... Um, yeah, let us know if there's anything you guys want us to watch. Join our Discord. Talk to us there. We, um, we're probably going to be starting to do recordings for our Season 3, quote-unquote. Um, but, that, I mean, that stuff won't affect you guys too much because if you guys come here and watch us on Twitch, you'll just see, see us when we talk about it. It just affects when it gets posted for the rest of the world to see. Consider this early access. That's right. That's right. That's how we do. But... Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you, person that hope I hope is not a bot for the follow earlier today. I don't re remember what your name was. Um, and um, thank you everybody for chilling out with us tonight. We will be back on Monday, seven thirty p.m. PST. Chris could have totally been Harley. I I know, I know. <laughs> that's what they. That's what we were saying earlier too. I should have put my hair in pigtails and been like Harley Quinn. I know. That you know, even if you only did your hair, that still would have been cool. Like you could have just done your hair and worn like a red shirt and called yourself Harley and we all would have been like, Yep, yeah, Harley, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. See what Cheryl has done. Cheryl has now created this expectation that I need to dress up too. I never asked her to do this, by the way. She did this on a whim because she loves Pirates of the Caribbean. And then after that, now she does it any other time when she thinks that she can get away with it. And now you guys expect me to do it too. See, this is your fault, Cheryl. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> I just want you to have as much fun as I am. Oh, Lord. I, uh, I, I mean, I, if I'm going to have to, you know, talk to you every week on Monday night, I'm going to do it like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we go, Cheryl, you got to do the laugh. Which laugh? The Joker laugh. Yeah, but which Joker? Um, let's, let's do the, let's do, well, you got to do the Joaquin Phoenix Joker because that's the one you are today. Um... It's hard to do because I can't remember what it sounds like. Sounds like. <laughs> oh God! Okay, you can stop. That's fucking terrifying. <laughs> That's fucking terrifying. No, please don't. Yo, catch, catch Cheryl as the next Joker, y'all. <laughs> First Asian and female Joker coming up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you all next time, Monday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
and we'll let you guys know on Friday what we're going to do. But um, unless you got anything else to say, Cheryl, go ahead and take us to the lobby. All right, we'll see you guys next week.